0: Welcome to Women Investing in Women and Girls on the State of Women Radio Network. I'm your host, Michelle Jaffe. And I'm your host, Avery McCall. And we are so thrilled to welcome our guest today on the show, Erin Andrew, who is the Assistant Administrator for Women's Business Ownership and the U.S. Small Business Administration. And we were just talking about some of the amazing resources and tools that SBA has to help female entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses. And something that I found really interesting in particular... Uh, to learn about was the SBA Women-Owned Small Business Federal Contracts Program. Uh, So if we can start off with that, I know our listeners would love to hear more about it.
1: No, absolutely. And um, 23% of all federal spend needs to go to businesses. So SBA works with different agencies to ensure that they meet this goal. And we have separate set-aside programs too, and there's a 5% set-aside program um, for women-owned small businesses. But let me put this into perspective a, li- a little bit. In this past year, which is what we have data for right now, full year data, in fiscal year 2015, 25.75% of the $90.7 billion of all federal small business-eligible contracting dollars were awarded to small businesses. So we exceeded that 23% goal, and we worked very closely with those agencies to do that. And for the first time in history, the federal government met the 5% women-owned small business um, goal. And so in 2015, in fiscal year 2015, 5.05% or roughly $17.8 billion of all dollars of all federal small business eligible contracting dollars were awarded to women-owned small businesses. And this program was Um, The goal was set in 1994 and was implemented in 1996. So it took us a while um, to get there, but we did it, and I think it's a really good thing. We also have a set-aside program. So there's the goal, the 5% goal, but there was a set-aside program that was created um, through Congress to set aside contracts in certain industries where women were underrepresented um, to help get, get more women to access these federal contracts. And that set-aside program, um, there's a sole-source portion of that program as well. So a, a contract can be sole-sourced if it's, it meets the standards that we lay out in the program. Um, and, and women can also use that program to access federal government contracts. So, But the 5% goal is made up of those that use the program, and even those that don't. Just you can get a small business contract through you know, an agency without using the set-aside program Um, And that definitely counts towards the goal. And there is more information on our Set-Aside Program, on the Women-Owned Small Business Set-Aside Program at sba.gov forward slash WOSB. So sba.gov forward slash WOSB, and that stands for Women-Owned Small Business, in case folks want to learn how to qualify, how to apply, and then how to get certified. And for that um, particular program, that Set-Aside Program, You can either self-certify for it, or we have third-party certifiers. So there's information on how to self-certify, and then there are third-party certifiers. And our resource partners, our SBA resource partners, our women's business centers, small business development centers, score chapters, can also help as folks are trying to learn whether to get into federal contracting A, but then also whether to get into a set-aside program. We all have other set-aside programs, too. We have an 8A program, which is for underserved socioeconomically underserved populations. Um, we have a service-disabled veteran-owned small business program. And then we also have a hub zone program. And our hub zone program is if the business is in a geographic area considered a hub zone, um, they can also receive set-aside contracts. So that's sometimes people decide to locate their business in a hub zone um, because they want to access federal government you know, contracts. So that's just, um, that's kind of an overview of the goal and what it means dollar-wise.
0: Wonderful. So again, there are so many very impressive, useful tools that entrepreneurs can use. And another one that I wanted to talk about is counseling. Um, You know, maybe some business owners have drafted their business plans and think they have their internal organization all figured out. Um, But, you know, like you know, if they're not on the right track, um, that could cause some issues. So the SBA counseling services are a great resource for them to use for that, correct? Absolutely,
1: and we have over fourteen thousand touch points across the country. Um, SBA uh, resource partners that are in four different networks: our Women's Business Centers, our Small Business Development Centers, our SCORE chapters, and our Veterans Business Outreach Centers, that provide low, um, a free and at low cost counseling and training. And training are kind of the classroom setup, um, and counseling is one-on-one counseling, and so. If you need help with your social media strategy and you want to take a class on how to, you know, set up your social media strategy, there are classes available. If you need help writing your business plan or you have a business plan and you want one-on-one help going over that business plan, there are resources available. If you're not sure if your financials make sense, you have questions about them, you need some guidance, and you want an intro class and then maybe someone to sit down with you one-on-one to go over your individual financials for your business, there are resources available. So definitely, um, you know, our taxpayers support these resources. Entrepreneurship is so important to this country. So we feel that it's incredibly important to make sure that entrepreneurs, you know, are supported as they start and grow businesses and help impact the American economy.
0: Excellent. So let's shift the topic more towards what specific advice you have for female entrepreneurs. We'll um, ask you some questions about that. So, Avery?
2: Yeah, so I think you've mentioned such incredible tools that are available through SBA and the programs you all have implemented, Um, and I think it would be really helpful to just sort of get them in one concise format. So, what advice would you give for women who are just starting out, who have business ideas that they're passionate about but don't know where to begin? What, let's say, first three steps should they take?
1: So, I think, number one, I'm a big fan of putting it on paper you don't have to put your, you know, pristine business plan together, but putting it on paper to make sure it financially makes sense. If you're not making revenues from this business, there's you should not be starting this business. I mean, nonprofits are another, you know, way to go, but like if you were starting a business, you need to make sure that profit is in the future and you need to make sure you put it on paper so it makes sense. So, that's number 1. And oftentimes I do think a business plan can be helpful, but there are different ways of kind of putting together a business. I know um, there are a lot of different, you know, philosophies on how to do that. But I think having a plan in place that makes sure that you kind of vocalize and you understand what that business is about. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, you know, start businesses, they start businesses not to usually make money. They start businesses because they're passionate about what that business is about and the impact that business can have. So it's important for everyone to be very honest with themselves, put it on paper and understand what that means and make, make sure there's profit there. Number two I think going and getting help is, is is incredibly important. That's where SBA can be very, very helpful. I mean, SBA can be helpful as you put it on paper. Like I said, we have a business planner tool. We have some other online courses that can be helpful. But I think going and getting feedback on your business um, from experts who have started businesses, who work with business owners, that would be my second piece of advice. So make an appointment with an SBA resource partner. Go and see the SBA SBA district office and get feedback and don't be afraid to have open conversations to take, you know, constructive criticism because you want that constructive criticism and the onset, you don't want that, you know, a year out when you're still kind of spinning your wheels. You want, you want that thing to be torn apart as much as possible. So you can understand all the weaknesses in the plan, any scenario that could happen. And you really need to reach out to folks that can help you. So that's number two, really leveraging the resources and getting help from someone else. And then number three, where do you want this business to go? I think a mistake that we often see is there is no exit strategy. Someone will start a business and they won't understand, is there exit strategy to be acquired and to sell? Is there exit strategy to do a lifestyle business for the rest of their life? Is there exit strategy to grow this business and, you know, pass it on to a family member? Is this, you know, in some cases in high gross businesses, do they want to IPO? It's I mean, there are a lot of scenarios, there are a lot of things out there, but just to think about what you want it to be, and while that could change, at least that helps you set your goal and know where you're going. Um, so those are kind of the three, but I think across all of that is really understanding how to access the capital to support your business and where it's going to come from as well. And we've talked a little bit about our lending programs, that there are equity options out there, there's crowdfunding, there are a lot of resources, but really understand understanding you know, once you know it's going to make revenue, how you're going to actually fund that business, you know, at the beginning.
2: Wonderful. I think that's some really incredibly helpful advice. Um, and I think the next question I have for you is why, what have you found to be the greatest strength of women entrepreneurs? Why do you think it's so important for women to continue to stake their claim in the business and entrepreneurial world and to go after the things that they're interested
1: in? No, I, I really think, so I, I always like to use the word power with women, and I, I think that sometimes women get, a re- some some women get uncomfortable with using the word power, but I think women are so powerful, and I, I bring it back to this. The definition of power is the ability to act or produce an effect, and women, I think, always act. They always produce an effect, whether it's in the workforce or taking care of their families or growing the economy by starting a business, and we've seen the growth rates of women have been so significant over the course of the last decade. Women are getting off the sidelines and they're getting into the game and they're starting businesses and they're they're starting to really understand how to take calculated risks in smart ways and investing in their business and growing their business. And I think that is so great. So I am very positive and excited about where women businesses are going in this country. And I think you know a word of advice is to have the confidence to grow that business and think about growth is impacting the overall economy. I think oftentimes, you know, women like to have an impact. They like to have a positive impact on their community. And what better positive impact could you have than growing a business and hiring and providing jobs for people in your community? Um, And that is giving so much back to not only your community, but this country. So I just, I feel like women are driven by that sort of mission-based impact. And I think starting a business very much can be that.
2: Absolutely. I think that's, so true and so impactful in my life and the women that I've interacted with and the women who are on this show and the goal of this network. Um, and I think the last thing before I pass this off to Michelle again is we are both, and both Michelle and I are students who are in college and looking at our futures. And much of this talk has been focused on women who are working to start their businesses or who have already done so. And it's incredible from our perspective to have. Such a growing wealth of role models and support systems for our futures. Um, for our younger listeners out there, what would, advice do you think you would give to young women such as Michelle or myself who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs and or women?
1: We need you. I mean, that would be my word of advice. <laughs> we need more women starting and growing businesses. And I think, I think there's been such. A, I'm an amazing um, support network for women. Um, really empowering women to start and grow, you know, um, businesses. I, I look back on history and I'm so grateful for those in the past who, you know, take, you know, made sacrifices and really um, fought the good fight for all of us to pave the way, um, whether it's, you know, ensuring that women didn't need a male cosigner on a loan. That was only decades ago or, you know, a century ago, just making sure women had the right to vote. So, I think there have been a lot of um, changes that have been made, and my advice to those that are trying to start businesses, number one, yes, go to sba.gov and find out the resources that could be helpful, but also, two, understand that there's so many women that are out there that want to give back and really want to see young women rise to you know their ranks, start these businesses, and grow these businesses, because especially those of you that are just starting out um, in college or graduating... You really are our future, so we really need you, and we need you to be well-equipped with you know, the education and the resources to make sure that you're successful and to help you be as successful as possible. So definitely lean in and lean on those folks that are here to help um, and have the confidence to really take it to the next level. And think big. Think big and be willing to take that calculated risk that makes sense because we not only need you to start the business, we need you to grow the business, and we need you to start hiring and creating more jobs.
2: Amazing. Well, from our perspective, thank you for the the work that you've done to support us and to ensure that we have these touch points to do so. Um, And I guess I'll pass it back off to Michelle to discuss how women investing in women can help uh, SBA with your goals.
0: Something that Women Investing in Women really believes in is bringing together women in entrepreneurship and investing, Um, and we have been so inspired by bringing women from all of these different backgrounds together and seeing what amazing things can happen, and the SBA is a key source of momentum in driving change and helping to empower female entrepreneurs and business owners. I was excited to learn about the Innovate Her Summit, which just recently passed this last March. Um, And I'd love to know from you, what were some of the key features of the summit and some of the takeaways that participants left with? Um, And then in addition to that, are there plans for more summits like this to be planned in the future? No, great question. Actually, that idea came out of a girls weekend where we were, a couple of
1: women were sitting around just looking at sort of the gap in the innovation space. And funny enough, um, it, it was centered around a conversation around the breast pump and how inefficient the breast pump was and how there's so many working mothers who have to deal with a loud um, breast pump, a breast pump that takes too long, where there could be a lot of innovation. And so shortly thereafter, that girls' weekend, MIT held a hackathon called Make the Breast Pump Not Suck Hackathon, which was wonderful. So luckily, people are thinking about this very challenge But we started thinking at SBA, and like I mentioned earlier, less than 5% of women receive venture funding and women make up less than 5% of venture capitalists, yet they have 80% of the purchasing power. So when you look at innovations like the breast pump, or I always joke, if a high heel could easily just turn into a flat, what a great invention. There's so many inventions out there that women buy. We have this purchasing power so, how do we create a platform that really focuses on women and working families and those innovations that can really make their everyday um, a little bit easier? So, we created a, um, Innovate HER, and it was a call to action to organizations to host business competitions focused on products and services that make women's and working families' lives better. Um, and those are innovations, I mean, it's a very broad definition of. How they do that, but anyone that has that type of a focus could compete in those local competitions. So, over the course of the last year and a half, we've had about three hundred organizations host these competitions. We've touched wow. about twenty five hundred entrepreneurs, um, and we've had two different ones, and with each each nas- two different national ones, I'll put it that way. And with each national one, there were a bunch of you know hundreds of local ones that were happening. But we had semi-finalists um, that then. Um, we chose um, finalists, national finalists out of those hundreds of semifinalists and had a national competition where Microsoft provided uh, uh, the uh, prize money for it. So we are in the process of, I'm very hopeful, we're looking for funding right now to hold our third Innovate Her, and that is TBD. We will hopefully have some news on that soon.
0: Incredible. And I can only imagine how amazing it was to see the product of that summit not just the tangible business success, but the inspiration encouraging women to do whatever they set their minds to. So how can Women Investing in Women be of help to you and your efforts?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, definitely make sure folks know, I, I like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, we don't have an ad budget, so we are all about our media. So if you all can just continue to send folks to sba.gov or to the local SBA offices, just let them know that there are people here to help. Um, And then continue to inspire women as they start and grow their businesses. I just am so impressed with you all for starting this channel and for doing what you're doing because communication and getting the word out there, like I mentioned earlier, resources, there are a lot of resources out there, but how to find those resources and where to find those resources sometimes is the toughest thing. So opportunities like this where you all are bringing folks in who have resources and talking about what's available I think is so beneficial um, to us. As as a federal government agency, and to overall um, those women entrepreneurs out there that just aren't sure where to turn. So thank you, you thank you to all of you for doing what you're doing.
0: Thank you, we appreciate it. You know, we talk a lot on the show about complicated, complex issues that seem to last for generations, and we have to get to thinking: how do we find the solutions for these issues? Personally, I'm a firm believer that it starts with conversation, like what we're having today. Um, so once again, to anybody out there who is listening in, go to sba.gov for access to all the fantastic tools and resources we have covered. Um, and Erin, it's been great to have you on air.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Great. Thank you. I'd like to invite our listeners now to connect with us by going to facebook.com slash women investing or follow us on Twitter with the handle at women investing. Thank you to everyone who has been listening in today. You've been listening to Women Investing in Women and Girls. This show is produced by the State of Women Radio Network, the first radio network for women and girls. I'm your host, Michelle Jaffe. And I'm your host, Avery McCall. Until next time.